The big question is this, how do we use the seven step blueprint to help you or people you influence become more physically healthy than 98% of the people you know and in your community? That's what today's episode is all about. Let's get stuck into it straight away. Today's episode of the new science of physical health. Hey everybody, welcome back to this episode number 37 here in the Daily Drop. And today's topic, which I think is, I think it's a, a an absolute cracker. We have this expression here in Australia for all my overseas listeners. We're up to about 61 countries now, uh, maybe 630 cities, I think, last time I checked. So thank you, everybody, everybody from across the world. I'm so thankful for your um, support and interest. I mean, that's, you know, that's really exciting for, uh, for someone of my background. This is why I think today's show is a real cracker. I had the chance to interview a world-renowned professor in two different areas. I want to go through his bio in just a minute. Professor Richard Telford. And he's known here in Australia as Dick Telford. I think worldwide, but, um, you know, he was a professor of exercise physiology when I was at university way back in 1985. So I'll tell you more about that in in just a moment, um, where I did my university and my relationship here. But here's what today's show is, and this really fascinating topic that I think is super, super critical to people's depth of knowledge and depth of engagement in their personal physical health status. And here's the topic, as you would have seen from today's title of the episode. Can you appear to be relatively healthy on the outside, relatively healthy with your muscle mass, relatively healthy with your um, weight, relatively healthy with your ability to move? Can you appear to look healthy but be at terrible risk from the number one cause of sickness and death worldwide? Let me just clarify that so you get this in your mind correctly. Could you look normal, what you would call a healthy person? On the outside, but be at terrible risk from being one of the 36 million people worldwide who this year will have a cardiovascular event. 18 million of those will pass away immediately. 18 million will survive, but may be permanently damaged and may need medicine or surgery to recover. Could you be at risk? And then the question becomes, whatever the answer to that question is, what can you do to reduce the risk, whether you are slightly overweight, somewhat overweight, uh, not physically active at all, you don't eat well, or if you're the person who looks normal on the outside, you think you do relatively a bit of you know physical activity each week, but you really don't know whether or not you're classified as physically healthy because you've never had the tools to find out, which is what the new science of physical health is actually all about. So the driving question of this episode, which I'm really excited, and I'm going to explore this a fair bit throughout the daily drop over the next few episodes. Can you look normal on the outside? And can you still be at in the high risk category for being at of having a cardiovascular event, the number one cause of sickness and death? And by the way, if you're in that category, you're also in the category of a high risk from the number two cause of sickness and death worldwide, a cancer event because there is a strong relationship between both of them, because the precursors for a cancer event that grow inside a human being's body and the precursors for a cardiovascular disease 
a cardiovascular event, they are linked as well. So in order to answer the question directly, not just from me as a person who's an educator and spoken to professors and read medical research and pulled all of the different elements of the answer to that question, I've pulled them together and put them into lessons because that's that's been my profession. But I've done it at a level where it's outside of the education industry and I've done it at a private level here with the new science of physical health. So rather than just hear from me, why don't you why don't I give you the actual expert, one of the world experts himself? In fact, as you hear this particular snippet of an interview that I did with him maybe a couple of years ago now, you'll find out that this that Professor Tilford is linked not just to his own work and his own research from here in Australia, but he's linked to what I call global superstars worldwide, global superstars of the science world, the new science of physical health. And he's, he has direct relationships and has had and continues to have direct relationships with people around the world. He is an international speaker in the area of exercise physiology, which applies to the new science of physical health. But before I just transition across to the, the snippet from the interview that he and I did, we had about an hour conversation. Before I do that, I want to read, and this episode will go for a bit longer today, so strap yourself in, sports fans, because I want to read to you a short version of his biography. You, you gotta, I, what I like to do is this. I like to impress upon people here in the Daily Drop the absolute outstanding careers of some of the people that um, who and they've built their careers, but their expertise, their expertise is mind blowing. Listen to the career of Professor Richard Dick Telford, who has more letters after his name than the alphabet, but he he's a he's a professor of has a PhD in exercise physiology. He began, this is what he did. He began in schools, teaching what I've done, physical education, and he also did maths to secondary school students. Now, I've never taught maths. That's outside my wheelhouse. So followed by, he was a lecturer at Teachers College to prospective physical education teachers. This was in Melbourne, Australia. And then he did sports coaching and lecturing to sports coaching students and nursing students at RMIT and University of Melbourne. For the, last, for the last four decades, he's combined his research work in metabolic physiology, nutrition, and physical activity in children with hands-on sports science and coaching. Initially involved in Australian rules football and the sport of cricket as a player and coach, including coaching some state teams here in Australia and playing in them, he accepted an invitation to take up the first ever position at the head of sports science at the Australian Institute of Sport. That's the Australian Olympic Centre. That institution, that uh, the Australian Institute of Sport, our Australian Olympic Centre, which basically was responsible for, in 1981 for we did very poorly at the Moscow Olympics in 1980 and, uh, uh, and also 1976 in Montreal, and the Australian government made a decision to build an Olympic Centre of Excellence, and they called it the Australian Institute of Sport. 
that launched in 1981. In 1985, I went to university across the road in Canberra, Australia, from the Australian Institute of Sport. It was a really cool place to go if you're a physical education teacher in Australia in the mid-1980s, still is. Consequently, in 1981, his sports science work switched to our Olympic and Commonwealth Games athletes, and he is Coast Australia's only Olympic marathon medalist and several Commonwealth Games gold medalists, and physiology, physiology, he was the physiologist to numerous Olympic medalists. I'll tell you how many. He told me personally he's coached 81 Olympic gold medalists. I don't know if too many people have done that. That's like sends chills up my spine if you're into sport. Now, remember, the new science of physical health is not about sport, but I love sport. That's where everything started for me. But in his role at the University of Canberra Research Institute for Sport and Exercise, he is today, and he began this in 2005 when he left the Australian Institute of Sport. This is what he told me, but he, he is the research director of the Lifestyle of Our Kids Project, the Look Study, published widely in science, medicine, and physical education journals around the world with a recently published book on the coaching science behind the preparation of distance runners. So he, does, he still does dis, um, uh, sports coaching. Even though he's coached Olympic gold medalist, he still has a passion for it. But he does that in combination with his work as a research professor in the lifestyle of our kids, looking at children and physical activity. Professor Telford has been recognized for his work by his peers and being appointed a fellow of both the American College of Sports Medicine and Sports Medicine Australia. Wow. He's recognised by the Australian government in being awarded an Order of Australia in 1992 for his contributions to sports and sports science and by the sporting community in being named Athletics Australian Athletics Coach of the Year. And he was an inductee into the Australian Sporting Hall of Fame in 2014. Now, can I just say, Professor Telford, in my opinion, not just has those credentials, the man is just the most humble like he coached, if you were to look up the name Robert De Castella, in 1983, Robert De Castella was the world champion for men's marathon. Um, I think it was in Boston he won that, but he was the world champion. So he went to the world championships and he won the gold medal. So Robert De Castella was a couple of years old, a few years older than me, was one of my heroes. And Dick Telford was his coach and uh, one of his coaches and coached him in exercise physiology. And he was. Uh, he also hurled, not only world champion, Robert Di Castella held, he's an Australian athlete, he held for a while the world record for men's marathon, something like two hours and eight minutes. That is mind-blowing. But beyond that, Professor Telford's legacy for the rest of his life will be this study called the Lifestyle of Our Kids Study, where he's looking to change the environment and structure of physical education in schools across Australia through his medical research work. Mind-blowing guy. So I asked Professor Telford some questions in our interview. One of the things I asked him to address was, can you look normal on the outside aesthetically and be at high risk of a cardiovascular event, the number one cause of sickness and death, which would also spill over to you being at high risk of a cancer event, the number two leading cause of sickness and death worldwide. Here's the most interesting thing and my prelude about what Professor Telford said. 
his conversation, we talk about the core principle of the new science of physical health. The whole thing of what I've created here is embedded in a medical biometric that's not widely talked about at all amongst educators. Adults don't talk about it at all when they talk about physical activity. All the adults who are not involved in physical activity have never heard of this uh, medical biometric ever, not like blood pressure, not like cholesterol, not like um, blood glucose, but there is a medical biometric which Professor Telford talks about in here. And it's all throughout the work because of, that I do with the New Science of Physical Health because it is the core principle that we build everything else off in order to help drive up people's personal physical health status and therefore improve their health outcomes to drive down their risk of a cardiovascular event or a cancer event. So let me transition to Professor Telford. Listen to what he says really carefully. I find it fascinating. And then I'll be back just for a minute or two at the end of today's episode. Here we go. Part of, a snippet of my interview, my private conversation with Professor Dick Telford. Yeah, that, on my third discussion point, it leads directly into that one, which I was really surprised when you told me this in a, a, another conversation, that one of your colleagues uh, that you've worked with is Professor Stephen Blair from Ohio. Is that correct? Yeah, well, I haven't seen Stephen for a while, but uh, Stephen and Stephen was an advisor on a panel for the early stages of the uh, the Look program, the Lifestyle of Our Kids yep. program, and uh, I got to know Stephen through that panel, and and also met him at a conference or two over in the states, and uh, have a lot of respect for uh, Professor Blair with the you know the pioneering work he's done for physical activity and the benefits of physical activity as distinct from obesity. And that's an important point. So you're one, yeah. of the early, early, you're one of the early people to know that you have to control or adjust statistically for the effects of obesity when you look at physical activity and vice versa. So you can't just say, for example, that as a person loses weight, uh, then, then that's going to be uh, that's going to be directly contributing to whatever you're measuring. It may be uh, mortality. You've got to be able to adjust for the fact that physical inactivity and obesity are closely related, and he was one of the first to do that. Yeah, and from what I've read on one of what I can see is one of his main researches, and I watched a couple of his lectures. That, and this is the part in physical education teaching that really interests me. You know, now is that uh, there are a lot of children that are not obese; they're not even overweight, but their cardiorespiratory fitness scores are decidedly low. They rank very low. And I understand that's related to uh, health in a significant way. Like the, the lower that score, generally speaking, we can say that that person has got more risk for being unhealthy. Um, from what, is that correct? Well, absolutely correct. Um, and I can draw directly from the work that we're doing through the, that comprehensive or interdisciplinary study called the Lifestyle of the Kids, the Look Study. We can yep. Now, what we've been able to do there is, is look at risk factors in children. For example, uh, having high levels of insulin is a risk factor because it means you, you're, not, uh, you're not coping with uh, glucose in the bloodstream too well, and that's, that's a risk. Having high levels of cholesterol is a risk factor. Uh, because we know in adults that high levels of cholesterol is related to development of plaques and cardiovascular yep. disease. 
uh, we can look at uh, high blood pressure because we know that high blood pressure is a risk on the heart. It provides uh, a situation where uh, the heart has to do more work to pump certain, a certain level of uh, cardiac output and that's a risk factor. So we look at all those sorts of things uh, and we look at the effect of, uh, you know, in, in children. We see, yes, we see that overweight children are more susceptible to, to uh, having those risk factors, but, and that's adjusting for physical activity. But yep. we also see that uh, children who have very low levels of physical activity uh, having adjusted for uh, uh, obesity, in other words, the effect of physical activity alone, uh, has an adverse effect on those risk factors as well. And that goes back to your original uh, point that that infers that physical activity and fitness, which are both related themselves, are independently associated with the health of a child, irrespective of obesity. So a, yes. child, a child could be of normal body weight, but very low level of physical activity, consequently very low levels of uh, cardiorespiratory fitness, and be even at more risk than a child who is overweight but physically active. All right, everybody, that is my discussion with Professor Telford. Now, here's an important point. I forgot to mention before I switched over to that segment of the show in our, pre, our private conversation, Professor Telford predominantly talks about children because that's his area of work right now. But I have to clarify for you that there is his work is with children now, used to be with adults and, and, and professional athletes um, and Olympic athletes, but it doesn't apply just to children. In fact, quite the opposite. What the one of the most, if not the most, all the medical evidence points to right now, the most dominant reason that we have such high prevalence of cardiovascular events, which I often say is way more than just heart, um, heart attacks and stroke. There are way more conditions in cardiovascular disease. Probably the worst one is what Dr. Eduardo Sanchez from the American Heart Association told me is end-stage organ failure. Oh, a, he calls it a nasty, nasty disease. Well, what Professor Telford just talked about was the answer to the question. There are literally millions of people out there who are under this false illusion that, well, I look okay on the outside, so I must be at low risk. If you have not tracked your physical activity on a seven-day block, and you can do that really simply with the clinically validated health software that we work with from all of the medical research done by Professor Ulrich Wisloff up in Norway and then his entire team of researchers. He's got 55 staff, and then there's a, um, a whole um, uh, company that delivers the health software worldwide. They're headquartered in Canada, so Professor Wisloff's in Norway, and the team that heads up the delivery of that um, that technology, the, the clinically validated health, health software, is up in Canada. Without using that, you can't know by your appearance 
whether or not you're classified as physically healthy, whether or not you've got the correct dose of physical activity, whether or not you're getting health adaptations inside your body that can be proven to drive down your risk by an actual percentage number of a cardiovascular event. You can't, you can't track, if you don't track it, you don't know. We now have um, a program called Turn Back Your Body Clock, which is a 20-page personalized report. If you don't, and it compares your birthday age to your body clock age, which is essentially what is your physiology telling you Can you actually age in advance? We've got this in a previous episode. Can you age in advance of your birthday age? And of course, the answer is yes. Can you turn back that body clock or physiological age? The answer is yes. So we've got a tool that examines whether or not a 20-page personalized report to anyone who wants it, examines whether or not your birthday age and your body clock age are the same or whether or not they um your like in my father's case he passed away at 46 from a cardiovascular event but if we'd done his body clock age and if we'd used the clinically validated health software that we give away with all our tools then um we would have found that his body clock age would probably be 66 or 70 he was well but he didn't know but what most people don't know is what professor telford just said just then you don't have to look physically unhealthy to be physically unhealthy because your physio- your risk of a cardiovascular event is tied to your weight and appearance, but it's far more tied to what Professor Telford just talked about and what we talk about as the core principle of the new science of physical health. I cannot stress that enough in today's episode of The Daily Drop, which has been a longer episode here. You absolutely, if you don't know, what your the last seven days of physical activity, both planned and unplanned, if you don't know how they contributed to your risk of a cardiovascular event, then you're running around in the dark. I mean, you just don't know. I know every single day by glancing, just glancing at the health software that I have on my phone and on my watch, that where I'm at from a medical point of view, it's no mystery, it's fantastic. I love having that technology available. And it's simple. It's just a part of everything. We, anything you get from us, that clinically validated health software comes with it. But now we have our new tool, Turn Back Your Body Clock, as a part of New Science of Physical Health. 20-page personalized report. There's a whole website coming out and available soon. Thank you, everybody, for joining me in today's episode of The Daily Drop. I really wanted to get that point across. And I'm going to dive a little deeper into that one. I think this is a great topic. And you know what? We'll see how many people download it, and then we'll see how much more we talk about the topic. Have a great day, everybody. Bye for now. See you tomorrow's episode. Bye.